following is a production of the Courier Media Network. Today's episode of the Sports Rundown is presented by Phil Wright Autoplex. Phil Wright Autoplex has all the great deals on new and pre-owned inventory. And if you're looking for the best deal, check out their website, www.philwrightautoplex.com. Phil Wright Autoplex presents the Sports Rundown. This is the most comprehensive sports podcast in all of the River Valley. You're listening to the Courier Sports Rundown on the Courier Media Network. Today's episode is presented by Phil Wright Autoplex. Check out all of the great deals at Phil Wright Autoplex and at philwrightautoplex.com. Now, from the studios of the Courier in Russellville, Arkansas, this is the Courier Sports Rundown with Travis Simpson and Drew Brent. And we welcome you into this edition of the Courier Sports Rundown, a very special Thanksgiving week edition of the Courier Sports Rundown alongside Travis Simpson. I'm Drew Brent. This edition of the Courier Sports Rundown brought to you by Phil Ride Autoplex, www.philrideautoplex.com, and the live location over at 3300 East Main in Russellville, your Buick GMC and Chevy dealer for the River Valley. Go check out the fine selection at Phil Ride Autoplex and philrideautoplex.com. Travis, we have a VIP guest in here today. A, a a monumental guest, in fact. And and here's the reason why the only River Valley team still alive. And and folks, we're pulling for you. We're pulling for you. Tell us about our guest today. As Coach Josh Jones of the Lamar Warriors, it's I mean, if you are still wanting to watch some high school football, this is the team to watch uh, in the River Valley anyway. Uh, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, Coach. Yeah, it's Coach Jones, Lamar Warriors. Uh, you know, we've had a really good season this year, 10-2 uh, and two on the season, and uh, go down and play at Rising this Friday. So hopefully we'll get uh, a lot of our uh, fans to head down that way the day after Thanksgiving and uh, have a good ball game. Do you know how long it's been? Because I don't, so I'm hoping you do. Since Lamar has won ten games in a season, uh, we won ten games in twenty fifteen. Oh, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking it was. And a we made the quarterfinals that. that year. Okay, it was the uh, uh, Hunter Davenport was a junior, Blake Kern, Dusty Wilkins, uh, Austin Hensey, that bunch. So whenever I first met this team, uh, you kind of emphasized to me that you thought this could be a special year for this group, and I'm looking at them and I'm thinking. Well, they look like good football players, but they none of them really stuck out to me as like stud athlete types. Like they're good, good athletes, but not like D one kids. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there's one in there that I just didn't see. Well, you know, the, there's no uh, D one college coming knocking at the door. Uh, what we have is a bunch of really hardworking kids that uh, they they just come to work every day and get after it. So I've been looking at Ryzen. They are of course undefeated, and they have won almost all their games pretty convincingly. Um, and I'm trying to get come up with some metric that I can compare them to you guys so I can get an idea of what this game might look like. And this is the best thing I could come with. Come up with. Uh, Ryzen beat Mayflower last week, 62-20. to Mayflower beat Atkins, 52-6. to Lamar beat Atkins, 28-24. So does that say anything at all to a coach uh, about the – can you make any comparisons at all? <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know if you can uh, compare any of that. You know, uh, Mayflower and uh, Atkins are a passing team. 
Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Ryzen had a couple teams run it at them this year. And, you know, and they beat them also. But, uh, you know, the plan is if we can – if we can run it a little bit, have a little bit of success in that, then, then maybe we can keep their offense off the field a little bit. But, you know, hey, they do have D1 talent down there. Right. They got a couple of guys. Uh, they got one committed to the Razorbacks, and they got uh, a kid that's a 10th grader that by all intents and purposes looks like he may be a five-star in a couple of years. Dang. So, yeah. so how do you – when you've got that kind of – talent in your how do you compensate for that how do you make sure that that kid doesn't just change the course of the whole game well you know you have to play discipline and uh uh, we need to get three to four yards of carry to move the ball down the field and score and uh either make our extra points or two-point conversions and and uh, hope to get a break or two along the way so the guy you're talking about what do you happen to know his name uh shavis and what position he plays? Uh, he's a safety and running back. Okay, so he's going to be the guy that, I mean, you guys are also going to have to stop him sure. uh, on the other side of the ball. Yeah. So defensively, or what are some things you've been working on, not just for him, but for anything else that they do? Yeah, it, it can't be just him. They, they've also got, uh, I believe his name is Fry. I'm not looking at it right now, but uh, number 11 for him. He's a, he's amazing. Uh, they got a, a one number six is a really good running back. And the quarterback's not very big, but he is some kind of quick, and uh, he'll make you miss and, and and move the ball down the field. Also, uh, you know we just can't get pushed on the on the front line. Uh, Rising is as old school as you can get. They run a, a split back veer type of offense. Uh, their offensive line is in a four point stance. Have you, I don't, have <laughs> yeah. you ever seen that? I, no, no, I haven't. Honest truth is, I haven't either. And uh, they come off the ball about waist high. They want to go about three yards and dive at your feet. Well, with a four-point stance, that's about all you can do because you're going to fall over if you don't hit anybody. They they come off the ball as hard as any team I've ever seen. So can you kind of describe for people that maybe don't, I mean, what what is a veer offense? What do they try to do with that? They're going to try to hand it off really quickly. And try to blow somebody over. Right. Uh, I guess what I meant to say is how how is that how do they accomplish that differently than like a wing T does or a dead T does? Uh, they got those backs up there pretty pretty close and and uh, and it is set hut handed off and and try to hit a hole. So it's just real and, fast. And if you don't play, if you don't have your defensive man in the right position, uh, taking on at the right angle. Uh, they can be by the linebackers before the linebackers even know who's got the ball. Do they throw it very much at all? Uh, about twice a season, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no. Honest truth is they they're not gonna. If we can get them to throw the ball, then we're having great success. Okay. So are you gonna try to um, change your defense in any way, or move safeties up, well, or anything you know, like that? You definitely move some people up closer to the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, it's going to be a five-six front. Uh, we're, we'll have ten guys within five yards of the football. You know, one uh, one of the things that I've noticed about River Valley teams, especially later rounds of the playoffs, I saw it in uh, in Stuttgart with the Sand Losers taking on the Rice Birds last week. As you get a little deeper into the playoffs, it seems like the upper echelon teams have two things uh, that maybe some of the other teams don't have, and that is uh, mental toughness, and they've just got pure talent. 
Uh, Dardnell, for example, had a lot of trouble with pre-snap penalties all last week. So what do you do to try to keep your guys sharp? Because just as just as much as anything else, when you're going down into hostile territory with a possibility of a state championship on the line in a couple of games, I mean, how do you keep your guys sharp and how do you keep them mentally focused in on your game? Well, I try to throw a lot of things at them in practice. Uh, like today, we varied our snap count quite a bit. Um uh, through a lot of different formations, run different plays out of different, uh, I guess, angles and motions just to try to make them think that way. Uh, you know, if you throw something at a kid that they haven't done several times, they're going to screw it up. Right. Uh, you know, they're just going to mess it up. And so you try to throw that stuff at them in practice. And uh, a lot of times, even if you know something's going to work in the game, if you haven't repped it in practice, you just don't do it. You know, you mentioned that the last 10-win team was uh, the 2015 squad. Uh, this is a team that is that is really solid, really, really good. But as again, as again, what you will learn about me is I really appreciate the mental aspect of football. So my question once again is, do, do these kids get distracted by the fact that you've got 10 wins under your belt? That doesn't happen in Lamar a whole, whole lot. You're deep in the playoffs. I mean... Do they believe their own hype yet, or are they just focused in on the next game? You know, I, I really think they are focused in on the next game. You know, we have 10 wins, but Ryzen's undefeated. Right. And so, you know, you can't go in there walking too big. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're just facing a good football team. Got to be ready to go. You know, when we talk about the tape and you're talking about studying and trying to break down a, a, a game, you're looking at your opponent, you're saying, wow, this kid's got a lot of talent. What is it on your side that you think gives you the advantage? You know, just it's the hard work and teamwork of the entire team together. Uh, there, there's not a bunch of stars on this football team. We got a bunch of really hard, hard-working kids that committed to being good. And, uh, you know – before the season started, I had several of them like, hey, coach, we're going to go 15-0, and 15-0. And, and I was like, hey, that's great. You know, realistically, that doesn't happen very often. Uh, hardly ever. Usually a state champion will have a loss or two along the way. Uh, but that's the mentality they had. They, they went into every week believing they could win. So – that you guys and you guys did stay undefeated for a long time. I think through eight weeks you guys were undefeated, and then you lost to Boonville and Charleston back to back. And I wonder because I think about the only football state championship I ever got to watch was Russellville's, and in that season they lost to Greenwood uh, about midway through the season, and mm-hmm. then they went on and beat Greenwood. And I really think it helped them to lose that game, if that makes right. any sense. Right. So I wonder if that maybe could be a factor for you guys to lose to Boonville to lose to Charlton to kind of keep yourself in check like not going into these games we're thinking we can beat anybody we have to play our best if we're going to beat anybody well I told the kids after the Boonville loss uh you know yes we lost that game but the kids were really proud of the way they played Boonville's the number one team in the state and they're really good and we're we were in that game yeah all the way through Boonville you know, they, they threw a couple of passes on fourth down to score on us. And they so they and they scored one late. So it was twenty one seven late in the fourth quarter. And so when that game was over, that game didn't sting yeah. really bad. And then the following week we played Charleston and we laid an absolute egg. <clears throat> yeah. We didn't play at all. And whenever that game was over, that game stung. 
I mean, it really, uh, it hurt deep. And so, you know, after the Boonville loss, it was like, yeah, we lost, but, you know, we played okay. Yeah. Uh, but then that next week, it, it really got the attention of those kids, and uh, they've played pretty well since. So what what things do you think contributed to that Charleston game? Because I think going into it, you know, for Lamar – and just from talking to kids and talking to you, beating Charleston is kind of always like one of the things that they have circled. Absolutely. They yeah. really want to beat Charleston. And so I think they felt like they had a chance to do it this year because um, Charleston was a little bit down. And so I'm wondering what things you as a coach saw that kind of just maybe led to coming out and, as you said, laying an egg. Well, I the honest truth is I felt awful that week about the mentality of the team. It yeah. just – it was one of those you could see it coming – and, uh, you know, you can ask the guys, we, we paint the field on Friday, and I was just in an awful mood uh, because it just, just it was coming. Uh, the kids started believing, like you say, believing their own hype, and they started looking at scores. And, you know, Charleston lost to Mansfield. Well, we beat Mansfield. Uh, Charleston lost to Greenland, and, and we beat Greenland. And then Charleston had just come off getting just absolutely blown out by Boonville, and we played Boonville really tough. Uh, and Charleston lost one of their best players. The Cottle kid didn't play, and uh, our kids just thought that we we're just going to roll out there and dominate them. Yeah, just roll out there and dominate them, and uh, that didn't happen at all. And uh, you know, the score got out of hand at the end. It was, I think, we were down by a score at halftime, but uh, I, th- I think they they actually might have believed their own <laughs> eye uh, going into that game. And uh, we had already secured the two seed. And, you know, some of them had already heard, uh, win or lose, you're still the two seed. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it, lost. It, ma- it mattered to me. Yeah, they lost that one little extra thing to play yeah, for. Yeah, they, they lost uh, the mentality that made them going undefeated 8-0. Some guy like they me that reported that, and then they read it. And we're like, well, I guess we can throw up the talent on this. That's one. right. That's a, we, job, we, <laughs> yeah, we don't have to play. It's uh, this Charleston team's terrible, right? So, so but guess what? They blew us right. out. But that that's got to get that's got to get those kids sharp for showing up the next week and the next week. And uh, yes. you know, if you get past Ryzen, what does it look like past there? Because I mean, it's got to get you. you Inevitably, you would have to play Boonville again, but they're on the opposite side they of the bracket, are. right? Wouldn't have to play them until a state championship. I'd love to get another chance at them, but uh, uh, it would be, I believe, Osceola or Smackover. And, Smackover and just be Danville. Handily. Uh, so, I'd, it, it, no matter no matter how you cut it, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it's well, tough. Any, anytime you get to this time of the year, everyone's good. And playing on Thanksgiving, that's always like something football players talk about. They want to be able to play on Thanksgiving. Uh, but when it comes down to it, they have to – do you give them Thanksgiving Day off or do they practice Thanksgiving no, Day? No, we're going to come in uh, Thanksgiving morning at 8.30 and have breakfast and then practice at 9. Uh, we'll be done around 10, 10.15. Give them, hopefully it'll give them plenty of time to get to where they need to go. So do they come in, like, excited to be practicing on Thanksgiving because you don't get to do it? Well, Or does the reality hit them of, like, I don't get to be with my grandma today? Well, the honest truth is, you know, right at the start of the season, when we get started, I say, listen, we're going to play. Uh, we're going to practice every day from now until the season's over. I said that, and, and I tell them every year, we're going to practice on Thanksgiving. You might as well get that ready, clear the calendar. And, uh, you know, it's only happened twice, I guess, since I've been at Lamar. 
but it, it is a special thing to be uh, to to have the opportunity to practice that day. Straight up, coach. What do you got to do to win this game? Got to control the football. No turnovers. Uh, somewhere along the line, we have to create a turnover, and uh, we need to score when we get the ball. I mean, uh, we got to, and it, you know, we're not going to score in one and two play drives. We're going to have to sustain drives, move the ball down the field, and get it in the end zone. When you're talking about a, an offense that runs as as power offense like Ryzen does, I mean, are you talking about maybe moving some speed guys up and trying to get them in the backfield? What does that adjustment look like? Well, I, you know, it, if you line everybody up on the line of scrimmage, that almost plays an advantage because they're going to run inside and then there's no second layer of defense. Right. And so, you know, you got to – Hopefully we got them in the right spots is all I can tell you because if they bust a line, they're good enough to go to the house. How do you combat that kind of speed? I mean, when you're looking at an offense that's got just a stud running back or a stud safety like you were talking about, you know, it's really hard to compensate for just someone who's got pure talent. So sure. from a coaching mechanism, how do you how do you combat that? Well, you got you to gotta stop them before they get started. If they get up ahead of steam, you know, we're not going to catch them. Uh so you got to control the line, just make a wall. And don't let them pass that wall. I'm not going to like Donald Trump at build the wall, but we got to build the wall. <laughs> Lamar wants to build the wall. Uh, so, you know, I think about uh, – I think about like coaches come up with all these schemes, offensive schemes and defensive schemes, and the things that they want to do on the field. But it still all comes down to the kids executing because you can have like the perfect game plan, and if your right tackle can't block their defensive end, well, right. like half your plays have to go yeah, run just, it the other way. Yeah, that's it. So, <laughs> yeah, what what if you, what do you do when that happens? Like, they their kid is just better than your their opposition you know well, hopefully you can get an angle yeah uh, that that's it uh if, if you look at our, our game plan last week against harding academy um harding academy had a running back that had rushed for 1200 yards uh he's really good and they had rushed for 1600 yards or 1800 on the season and in, in the game now there's a couple of sacks involved in that but for the game they had 32 yards rushing uh, for the whole game. Yeah, that's now, now that's uh we went into that game with a game plan to stop the run, to make them one-dimensional, uh keep our secondary behind them, make them pass it up front and the kids executed perfectly. Uh as far as our offensive game plan on that, we you know, Jacob Parmenter is our 1000-yard rusher. Right. Well, he had 13 carries for 30 yards. I mean, they completely shut him out. But we found uh, we found other ways to score. Well, I noticed uh, rewatching the the game. I, I noticed that Ike Peltz did a lot of like RPO type of stuff where he yes. looked like he was gonna hand it to Parmenter and then he pulled it at the last second. Right, and that seemed to be. I mean, he rushed for I think 135 yards or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And that seemed like a big part of your offense. Yeah, Ike is an amazing competitor. He is very very competitive. It, his will to win is is amazing, and uh, and those were RPOs. Uh, we actually run pass routes off of that, and and uh, it opened up so much that he just took off running. Uh, the other half of that is we ran some midline, and uh, throughout the season when we play Charleston, Charleston their game plan is stop midline, 
stop the veer or the triple option basically so stop midline stop veer well when you play someone in the playoffs they don't really know what you've done all season they don't know the base of your your offense and so sometimes they overlook it and i think that maybe they overlook the fact that we run a lot of midline and uh when we did i mean he uh, he, he ran one probably about i guess it was 40 yards a 40 yard midline it just seemed like he would bounce outside or, or take his gap or whatever and there would be yeah, nobody there's there. no one there so that's, i just that's the way it's supposed to work that's yeah that's <laughs> every place supposed to work that that's way. right <laughs> I ask every coach this that uh, comes in, whether we do this on the air or not. So we're going to change topics just a moment. I need to know, Coach, who's the final four in the college football playoff this year? College football. I haven't kept up with it that well. Perfect. you got to go Alabama. I guess if Notre Dame keeps winning. Boo. I know, boo, big time. (laughs) You ask who's going to be there, not not who I want to be there. Uh, The Razorbacks, of course, are right at there. (laughs) Right, exactly. They're they're one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Blake Kern actually got a little bit of playing time. Big shout-out to Blake Kern. Uh, He he played uh, towards the end and got a pancake block. Uh, He sent me the video of that. It was was awesome. And uh, let's see, those two, you know – Georgia's probably going to be pretty close, right? They're still winning. They're they're ranked fifth in the country. And then who's a – I guess if Michigan wins out, they'll probably be there. If they beat Ohio State, they're probably there. I just don't want to see – I don't Alabama either. Clemson. Nobody wants to see Michigan do anything. Well, I mean, if the whole Big Ten just kind of fell into the sea, yeah. I'd probably be okay with that. But I don't want another Alabama-Clemson matchup either. No. Oh, I forgot about Clemson. That's right. So did everyone. But they're going to come back and win the national That's championship. That's probably right. That's probably right. <laughs> I don't think anyone can beat Alabama this year. They might be the most dominant college football team, not only this year, ever. I think they could play with the Oakland Raiders this year. Very, very possible. I, I honestly believe they that They have more NFL players than, than, the than the Raiders do. <laughs> That's awesome, Coach. I don't have any more questions unless Drew's got something else. Uh, I know you drove all the way down here for a 20-minute interview, but we really That's appreciate fine. that. Coach, all we want is for a River Valley team to bring home a state championship, and we're rooting for the Warriors coming up on uh, Friday night. Well, I can I can promise you we'll go down there and we'll give it every bit that we can. All right, Coach Jones, thanks so much for being here. This has been an edition of the Courier Sports Rundown where we are talking to Coach Jones. The state championship is going to run through Lamar. It's going to have to go through Ryzen first. This is coming Friday night. More to come here on CSR.